Okay, welcome to the Lead in Davis Put a Lid on It podcast. I'm Dan Linford, and my guests today are Justin Brooks. Hi. Justin. <laughs> and Monica Carlson. Hello. Hello. It's good to be with you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions, and we're going to get to know each other. And um, I hope uh, as we go through this process together and we, we chat about some of these things, that not only the listeners will will get to know us a little bit, um, but we'll really be able to share um, our impressions and our thoughts about some of these critical things that we're studying in the in the Lead in Davis program. But to start, I have to ask each of you a really important question, and we're going to start with with you, Justin. If you had to choose one meal that would be the last meal of your life, what would it be? Uh, I feel like Chadley asked you that question. Ask me. Um, it would definitely be fried oysters. I love seafood, and uh, yeah, and, but I don't have any of my kids or my wife who uh, like that, so I can't pass it pass it down. Cool. I feel like I'd love to eat my last meal with your kids and your wife. Okay. <laughs> All right. Monica. Oh, man. I love food. So I would say probably uh, chile verde con carne, which um. is like a really good green chili and cubed pork specialty mm. from New Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the real stuff, right? There's this the great like guy that does uh, reels, or maybe it's TikTok, I don't know, but um, where he goes up and asks strangers what their favorite meal is, and he tries to. I, I, it seems that he tries to find people from different backgrounds and cultures because there's always some unique uh, meal that I could, couldn't pronounce if I wanted to. And then he'll go and they'll watch. You'll watch him prepare it like as a professional chef, like authentic. Have you seen this guy? And then and then he goes and brings it back, and he's got this little like box with a little warming wax and he opens it up and he gives them the meal that they asked for he finds it again and they're like what and they (laughs) eat it and oh this tastes like you know south korea where i grew up you know this is kimchi or whatever you know so uh i love that um thank you yeah thanks for sharing uh fried oysters man that's that's eccentric you're both eccentric with your last meals i was you know (laughs) i'd be like "Mm, hamburger you know never gonna be able to eat again right yeah i know you gotta get something that you don't have yeah, like a hamburger. Like a hamburger. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay. Uh, next question. Monica, if you are on a road trip, what song are you listening to on repeat? Oh, that's a great question. I was on a road trip recently last uh, summer in Colorado, and we were driving up to Mesa Verde, and I played a Neil Young song that I love. Um it's called Cortez the Killer. It's just like the coolest song. Anything by Neil Young is my jam. Okay. So, and Neil Young. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard that one. Cortez the Killer. Can, it's just, he just has like or? an awesome, like, like just instrumental kind of to start out with, with just guitar, you know, guitar and drums and stuff. And then he kind of sings some lyrics. It's like he's telling a story. And then he just does an awesome uh, guitar solo. It's a, it's, it's not like heavy. It's okay. just very. Would we know it if we heard awesome. it? Is it one of those songs? Because I know maybe. a lot of Neil Young stuff, and I'm like, well, maybe I know that. Maybe I've. Yeah, I would say it's a pretty popular song. Okay. Yeah. But Look Neil Young, like, so from another time, it was really popular. Well, yes. Okay, okay. you're an old soul, right? Or maybe yeah. we're just, maybe we're just all <laughs> older than I think. Okay, Justin, how about you? Uh, I think it also it depends on like 
at the moment, right? Like if you asked me that a year ago, it'd probably be a lot different. But right now I really like, I think the song's called Shanti. Um, I can't remember who sings it though, um, but it's very like Scottish, Irish type okay. accent. But it's just got a really good, uh, Nathan Evans, I think is actually who the singer is. Nathan it. Evans, Shanti. Yeah. So. Okay, when you're when you're saying I or something, is it a jig? Are you? Or is it like polka? You're into like what is the? No, no, no. But it's, so it's like it's like a modern song. Yeah, that it's kind a modern of Irish song. flair. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. The guys, oh yeah, there's all there's a there's a there's a bunch of Irish guys that have hit the 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 guy that sings. Uh, never mind, I'm gonna I I won't remember it. But yeah, there. Uh, so you get a little bit of their accent and yes. in what's just and it sounds like a, cool a bulky rock song. Yeah, or something. exactly. Okay. Cool, cool. Well. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think we're defined by the music that we listen to a lot. Certainly kids are. And when I was in school, you know, you'd have cowboys and you'd have skaters and, you know, there were all these different groups and they, they, you know, they were, they were defined by how they dressed and all those other things. But this, this theme their the theme behind it all was kind of the music they listened to. Right. Um, I think you can tell a lot of, a lot about a person. Okay. And a, a similar vein. So you're going on a road trip, but, uh, I want you to think about your most memorable family vacation. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to share, share mine and, and I want you to jump in so I could, I've, I've never been anywhere exotic, right? But something we, we just started doing, we've just started in the last several years since I started having grandchildren, we started renting a place like at Bear Lake. That's typical. That's kind of been our go-to. Um, and I never thought I'd say this. And I was told by older friends that, well, when you have grandkids, you'll see, but my, my favorite vacation ever it's just been in a little cabin with all my kids and my grandkids and we have like something like 20 hours of footage of me dancing with my granddaughters like <laughs> anything they want me to do you know I'm just gonna do it and I've had this granddaughter Evelyn that's just like papa dance and she won't let it go you know and I'm not a dance so I've got hours and hours. but as, as annoying as that was it was ruining my vacation but it's incredible you know anyway so that's that's my favorite family vacation Justin how about you uh, definitely, if we're talking about family, it would be be a cruise just because it was the first time we've done two cruises now with our kids. And it was the first time that we actually, all of our kids were happy, which made us happy. Because every other vacation that's either there's fighting or whatever, like the food we don't want or the whatever thing we're doing, wherever we're at. But um, the last one was great because, you know, they had whatever food they wanted. We did lots of fun excursions. But one of the most memorable moments during that excursion was... Our eight-year-old daughter, we were like, we're going to go on some zip lining, right? She's like, okay, yeah, yeah, but I'm like, you can't chicken out at the last minute, right? Because we're, we're already going to pay for you, you know, and all this kind of stuff. She's like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, right? So we get up there, and our two oldest sons, uh, they go first, and then she gets harnessed in, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, <laughs> no, no, get me out of here, get me out of here. And we just look at the, the guide, and we're like, no, you need to shove her off. <laughs> So, it's okay. So he like just shoves her off, you know, and she goes, she starts by just screaming, ah, and then it turns it out, ah, yeah. <laughs> so it went I'm from so like brave. scared to like laughter and loving it. And so it was pretty funny. Cool. Where'd you go on the oh, cruise? That sounds fun. Uh, so that one was a Mexican Riviera one. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. All the food awesome. you can eat. Oh yeah, that's great. Because when you're when you're a parent on that on that trip, it's like you have the the added pressure of now I'm the host and I'm responsible for the misery if everything's not going great. Yeah, cruise is yeah. a great idea, for like some kind of all inclusive resort so they don't complain about your food. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay. f- you know, 
I was thinking about a trip that we took when my kids were, pro- in my mind, like the perfect age. Nora was probably 10. Nico was, uh, I guess, maybe six. Um, my sister was living in Philadelphia at the time, so we went to Philly, got to explore the city, um, got to see all the cool historical like stuff there. Um we had so much fun, and then we went from there to D.C. We took, um, like, a, one of those double-decker buses, mm. and I had made reservations to be, like, right at the very front of the bus in front of the, like, it was really, it was. I thought my kids would love it, and they did. They, they had a good time. We went to D.C., um, got to explore D.C. together as, as our family, and then we took Amtrak to New York and visited a friend of my husband's, and... Um, got to do like the whole New York thing. I'd never been there before. And it was just so much fun to travel. We had, a, a, when we were in New York, there was a, um, like a random rainstorm in July. And so we're walking and walking and walking and we got soaked, but it was just a really memorable trip. And our kids were at that age where they like weren't really quite complaining about a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. they just kind of go with the flow. I think if we had done that trip, now at 16 and 12, I would have I would have heard about <laughs> a lot more yeah. things that they were not happy with. Um, but yeah, that was like a really just memorable time for us to be out east for the first time and um, get to explore and learn about um, American history. So That's incredible. Awesome. So you so you did Philadelphia, D.C. and New York in one yeah. trip. Good yeah. grief, yeah. yeah. I went to Bear Lake. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> no, it was, well, it was a special time just because, like, my sister was living out there, and so we really wanted to, we haven't done a, too many vacations like that, but, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we're going to take our first step into, into talking about Leedon Davis, and, and, and I w- I'd like to start by asking you to, to think about a leader who developed you. And I know we've done a little bit of this thinking throughout the course, but when we think about duty to develop, um, most of what uh, we put into this came down to our own experiences. And I'm talking about our own. I'm talking about SES, principles, all the people that helped compile you know, all these critical things that we felt were critical for young emerging leaders to know. Um, and most of it came from this filter of what was the most effective thing. And then, of course, we we dove into the literature and looked at you know the, the value and of of leadership and how to shape and mold folks. Um, but most of it, our original country wisdom, I think, sh- shown through the principles there that um, we were impacted by people um, along the way. And and sometimes it's surprising where we are, where our minds go to. Well, this is really it was actually you know my my sophomore year in high school, and this teacher saw something in me. And sometimes, like for many of us, it's somebody that tapped you on the shoulder and said, "If you thought about admin or being a leader, or saw you in a certain way." So, Monica, talk to us about that. Who who is a leader that developed you? Yeah, you know, I can think of um, several people who I feel um, have have had just a, a really positive impact on me. Um, I am thinking of um, Mary Jean Wolf, who was, um, at the time she was working as um, kind of like a director of talent development um, in, um, in another district. And she was just someone who took, took the opportunity to mentor and offer mentorship 
um, not only to me, but to a lot of people. I think those those of us who knew her all felt the same way about her, like, oh, Mary Jean, she's incredible. Um, and I think for me, what, what was so incredible about her was she modeled, uh, you know, just what it what it looked like and what it sounded like to be a good listener. Um, she challenged me, I think, in a lot of ways to consider questions that I didn't know really how to answer. I think she was just really instrumental in helping to gently support me while also, um, you know, challenging me to, um, to, to, to consider, like, what is my philosophy for leadership or for education and why am I interested and what can I contribute? Um, and she's just a very kind uh, person. So Awesome. Yeah. Justin? Um, I think of, like, two different moments in my education career. One was early on, uh, Dave Tanner hired me I think it was his second year at Mill Creek and uh you know working with him and just having him kind of I guess uh, plant some seeds into my head of leadership down the road as far as more than just a teacher and so I mean even though at the time I didn't give a lot of thought to it um because I didn't foresee myself being an admin or anything like that um he was a good example of uh Someone who cared a lot about the school, uh, one that had a high success rate as far as like his expectations, but at the same time, super personable um, and caring. And it's like, I felt like he did it the right way, which made me want to, you know, look at that. And then later, once I got into admin, you know, my current principal, Kathy Ashton, I think she's she's been great for the last couple of years for me uh, with freedoms and trust, um, giving me the freedom to like kind of like use my strengths of okay what things can I do help this school be better what programs or things can we implement uh, challenges uh, what can we develop right Um, and then present those ideas to her and she's like yeah sounds great you know like just run with it you know and so that's been great because it it's given me a lot more uh, confidence in what I can do uh, because you know when you first start out it's like man I hope this doesn't crash and burn and uh, that you get negative feedback from teachers or it doesn't work well with students. Because then obviously it goes back to the principal, like, well, why'd you let them do that? <laughs> and so um, that's been really great is just those freedoms and trust. And it gives me opportunities to look more for things that what could work best in our, in our school. Awesome. You know, on that, kind of in that same vein, talk, let's talk about uh, what you do to get to know the strengths of staff members in your building. Because now you're in those positions of, of influence and, and potential mentorship. And then, and if you can, as part of that, um, what is the strength that you see in somebody that they maybe don't see in themselves? Um, so, Justin, think about that. Uh, you know, how do you get to know the strengths of members, staff members in your building? And and is there somebody you can think of that just, they don't know how good they are or what, what their strengths are? Yeah, you know, I um, last my first year after I got I was um, went from an intern at Viewmont to Bountiful Junior. Um, I came in pretty like like let's make sure that we get all the teachers doing things and they're really doing well on the observations and teaching all that kind of stuff. And I got so focused on that that I lost that personal touch with them. 
And uh, I realized as I was going through the year that it, it just wasn't good. It's like, okay, I need to revamp how I how I am an admin, what kind of a leader I am, because this is not me. Like, I'm a lot more like one-on-one. I'm not like someone who like wants to command a room and like everybody listen to me and speak. And so what I did was um, after that first year there, uh, when the teachers came back in the summertime, I went to every single person before school started, just talked about how their summer was, what things did they do. Uh, and then I asked them well, a couple different questions, like what's their favorite fizz drink? What's their favorite treat? Uh, so anytime I do pop-ins, um, I'll always, before the end of the day, I'll write a note of something positive that I like that I saw. And then I will give them the thing that they was their favorite treat and just put it on their desk. And so when they come in the next day, it was there. And then once a month I do like a create your own fizz Friday. So I'll take my academic coaches and we'll look at the list and we'll make all those drinks for them and then we'll deliver it to them. So that was part of it. But the other question I asked them during that little meeting with them was what can, what can I do to make you happier here? And, um, you know, that could have been any answer. It could have been like, well, you know, like more support or, you know, just one teacher's just like, just little talks, you know, here and there when you get it. And so I wrote all that down and, um, just to see what, what, I can do personally. And then I'll obviously let my team know, just so you know, this is things that they're looking for from us. But it went along, it went pretty far as with them and my interaction and my relationship with each of the teachers is a lot better than it was uh, the t- year before. So, yeah. Awesome. Monica? Okay, my personal project is working with underrepresented students in advanced courses at Northridge. That was said better than I. Yeah, that was really good. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, unfortunately, you had to answer that question first. And yeah. Well, it's interesting (laughs) that you say, you know, keeping, you know, thinking about what you you were just talking about in your background in counseling, that really counselors are that critical piece, the gatekeepers to that. And um, I remember as a principal, I decided that I was going to have the default class for all of my students be an AP class, which was, I, I won't get into the which class it was because it actually cost me a teacher. She left. She was the best. She was probably the best in the country at this, in this subject and she left. Um, but I, but I, I really, I just felt like we needed, we needed to have kids ask to get out of some of these advanced. We need to assume the, that students can handle rigorous coursework. And because, you know, Danny Linford as a high school kid would not have signed up for anything rigorous. Um, it was enough teachers that said, you know, you should do this or that. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think that's super needed, especially from those underrepresented groups who can who cannot see themselves there. I mean, literally not see anyone like them there. So, yeah, incredible work. And But it does. It starts with counseling. That's the thing. It, somebody's got to have that living room conversation one-on-one with that, that student. Um, okay. Last question. And, uh, you, you know, you'll need to, you know, try to remember what the duty develop attribute card said. Uh, but which duty to develop pattern have you seen most in yourself as you work on your project? Ooh, um, gosh, the most I would say, as I'm thinking of these patterns, um, I would say is the devotion to values, norms and culture, um, because I... I feel like uh, this topic of supporting students to identify um, identify courses that can truly and I you know 
from personal experience, I know that advanced coursework helps prepare you for college, even when you don't think or know what college is going to be like, even when you don't think your college material. Um, it's when you take those steps and maybe struggle a little bit that you develop yourself as a student and build confidence. So I, I feel like just having that kind of personal um, commitment to it, um, I'm really passionate about that. That drives the work that, and I'm not doing this work alone, this is really like with Jason and with um, one of our counselors who's who's incredible, um, Josie Baker. Um, but having that commitment to just our, our vision for this and how we can help students is... Um, this is kind of how I see duty to develop impacting me personally. Awesome. I'd say right now with my project, it is, um, are you referring to our project or just in general? No, to your project. Okay. For our project is probably committed to evaluation and data um, because the project is up and running already and um, we need to figure out what tweaks. Is it working? And so constant data um with different uh, aspects of the local case management team, whether it's attendance, behavior, um, academics, uh, or SEL, which is our four categories. Is it improving at all? Um, what do we, what's the data saying? Uh, we, we can get kind of a feel for things as we're in the, the um, school, but really the data is going to really tell the true story of is there less incidence of poor behavior, right? Is there less office referrals? Is there less 10-day drops, right? Is there less uh, people coming to counseling with, uh, you know, critical emotional states, right? And so looking at that data and tracking it, it's really important for us right now. And if, if it's not going down, why is it not going down? What can we do in order to change it to make this a little bit better? So this is the tweak stage uh, in our project, and the data has to be there in order for us to understand um, our progress in it. Awesome. Well, you two, uh, it has been great to spend some time with you and to hear your thoughts. Um, I, you know, when I meet with administrators and especially if we, when I have the opportunity to spend a few minutes and to hear the way you think about things, I, I gotta tell you, and this is a, this is a selfish approach, but I just get so much comfort, uh, hearing, uh, your hearts a little bit on this. And I gotta tell you, I, uh, I feel like we're in good hands. So thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, that is a wrap for this episode of the Lead in Davis Put a Lid on It podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.